0: Welcome
1: to Big Little Kids on YBU. What you're going to find in these audios are young people telling us what it feels like to be young, why they do what they do, and how we as parents can support. Sometimes that support is to walk away, and sometimes it's to get fully involved. Every child, every situation is different, but if we parent as a community, then hearing other people's experience can be very valuable, as it may offer us a different perspective about how something could be dealt with that maybe we have not considered because, let's be honest, it wasn't something that we grew up with, it wasn't how we were parented, and therefore is perhaps outside our scope of experiences. I always say that this is part of the continual professional development, the CPD of the parenting business model. This episode is on gaming. Lee shares her insights into why she started her addiction, the compulsion loop and how she walked away from it. She offers some top tips on parenting and how we can start that more healthy relationship with digital devices at any age. I really sat up when she turned screen time conversations on their head rather than have a discussion about screen time. Perhaps, she says, we should have a discussion about how equipped we feel to connect with our children. And I realized in that moment that screens may well have been part of my coping mechanisms for exhaustion and balancing some of the homework life responsibilities that were very real and very in my face, and that actually. Perhaps I had started and fed what ended up in screen addictions. Gulp. Enjoy listening to Lee, and we will look forward to hearing from you.
0: What I've found is when someone who does game talks to someone who doesn't game, you might as well be talking Japanese. (laughs) Because if you don't know the lingo, that can be a lot of a lot of miscommunication can occur. Yes. Um, So it is helpful to actually, even if you don't care about gaming, to at least understand what that person who does care is saying. You don't have to like gaming, but if you at least like or say love the person who does like gaming, actually understanding what they're saying does help.
1: Well, it's the respect, isn't it? If you loved someone who, who was really into art, you would understand that lingo or music. You'd make an effort to understand the kind of music they liked. And there's no difference with, with gaming.
0: No, definitely. And it can get really complicated in its terms. But then there's no harm in actually just asking, what does that actually mean? Hmm. And asking the person to explain it. I started playing games around the age of 10, 11, I would say. Um, but it was kind of like in the background because my mum used to play the old, proper, old grey uh, Game Boy, old school Tetris. I got into it because my dad used to play it and I. At the time, I felt ignored by my dad, so I got interested in a subject that he was interested in. The thing is, back when you had internet modems and only one computer in the house, if I was playing, that means he couldn't play, he would walk off. So then I was, again, back to square one. But not back to square one in a sense that now I had a distraction from everything. Because that's what video gaming is, essentially. It's a very good distraction away from normal life.
1: And so did you find that you actually didn't mind that your dad didn't want to connect with you or, or, or wasn't understanding how much you were wanting to connect with him because you had something else to pass the time?
0: Um, yes and no. Because, yes, I was distracted but I still felt the rejection those years. It was just under the surface.
1: Mm.
0: So it was still there. It doesn't go away until Mm -hmm. I dealt with it, but I couldn't, I wasn't aware of it because what was in the forefront of my attention was so bright and sparkly and entertaining. I was gonna say that then progressed onto pretty much a gaming addiction where when I moved out of my parents' house, uh, around nineteen, I would have a part time job and I would do like three days a week in a uh, garden center and then three day three or four days uh gaming. I was doing live action role play, which is you basically dress up as a character and run around the woods of well the woods and the fields of derbyshire and beat each other up with latex and foam weapons um and also writing multiple what are called ask blogs on Tumblr, which is a person emails you a question and you write the answer, but you, write, you draw like a character answering the question. That was like the peak that took up all my time. I'd have a good lot of questions um, backed up. So, what I would do is on a single page, I would draw little tiny versions i wouldn't draw like big full-scale pictures they would be little tiny doodles that i would then color in photoshop and that was one way of getting all the questions out really quick did you earn any money through gaming um no but i knew how you could i mean at the time when i was gaming we're talking Okay, so I'm 30 this year. I stopped roughly when I was 24. So we're talking the 90s and early 20s, going a little bit beyond 2010. I think I stopped in uh, 2012. But uh, things like Twitch uh, was not a big thing back then, especially in the 90s. Twitch was just non-existent. Um, and the whole monetization of YouTube just wasn't as big as it is now. It, it wasn't something I aspired to as a child. Our, our kids do. It's becoming more and more research and news about the burnout that YouTube gamers are facing. Because the pressure to keep putting out content is intense. And if you don't deliver, you lose thousands of followers. Mm. And that pressure is affecting people's lives it's not i mean it's no different to when i grew up you aspire to be a pop star but you mm. didn't see the lives behind the photos and the glamour and a lot of them were very much into drugs alcohol broken relationships and simply not coping mm. youtube gamer is the same
1: it might be more useful to learn the skills of coding or Um, You know, other skills that might be more sustainable.
0: Yes, Um, like coding or SEO, um, website design. These are all useful practical skills. And also, I would also question what is popular Mm. in terms of YouTube gaming because often what I've seen, the person is very obnoxious and Kind of like a clown, they act really over the top. Yes. Just get the reactions of followers going. Wow, this guy's nuts. Yeah. So you're essentially acting like a lunatic just to get this money and to be this popular YouTuber, and essentially selling yourself out to. I don't swear. Just act like a fool.
1: Yeah. So essentially, you're not being yourself. You're you're doing whatever you need to do to get the followers. Which would be incredibly tiring.
0: Yeah, because you're you're basically changing yourself just to get money. And it's like, mm. I mean, for some people that might work, and that's, that's their choice. I'm not saying it's something that they shouldn't do or is bad, but just to feel for themselves, how does it feel to sell out and be something you're not mm. for the sake of money or a follow, which the elation from that follow lasts seconds. Yes. And the pressure to maintain those followers is very high. Mm. Did you notice when you were
1: gaming, did you notice whether your character changed or your personality?
0: Oh, totally. Yeah. What were Um, the signs? I I found when I came off the gaming... I found myself more depressed or low in mood I found myself becoming more angry Mm. especially when watching certain uh, YouTube channels Mm. Um, and I would just be very angry at everyone not for any reason that they've done something but I was angry at myself more to the point But having got to that state that low point and I see that more and more Uh, these days, like when you see a child having the smartphone taken away from them, and all hell breaks loose. Yeah, Because it is an addictive device, and having that taken away from them is like the end of the world. What I've seen
1: is people giving the parents, giving their child the device as a soother. And therefore, when they take the device off the child, all hell breaks loose because they don't have the skills to be able to deal with how they're feeling because the device has always been their, their dummy.
0: Yes, the device is there to squash any feelings that are being felt. So then the child or even the adult becomes reliant On that device to deal with their emotions but it's an outside tool for something that's going on inside and that's never going to be sustainable because chances are or well this day and age devices are becoming so mainstream they're like everywhere in the moments when you do not have the device what do you do then how do you deal with what's inside you you need an inside tool to actually deal with what's inside you and not rely on something from out- outside of you. How did
1: you then wean yourself off, or did you go cold turkey?
0: No, I... Uh, cold turkey and a bit step-by-step. Bit step. Mm. So basically, as I've mentioned before, I... I was experiencing rejection initially and there was a whole bunch of other things in my childhood that I was experiencing that I would call negative experiences that I did not want to feel Mm. or take responsibility for or even just acknowledge had happened. And so with the support of others I actually bit by bit started to look at these experiences, take responsibility for them, feel them so that I could let them go, rather than just keeping them in the background. And that's when I felt I didn't need the distractions any longer. So over time, I went from a part-time job to a full-time job in a two Michelin star restaurant. And I needed more time out of work to prepare for my next day at work. My shoes had to be shined, my apron had to be ironed immaculately, my uniform had to be immaculate, so I had to spend time on that. So it was a choice of either play games or take care of myself and actually prepare myself for the next day. Yeah. Um, So the gaming started to get reduced then as I was going into full-time work, but then came the idea of moving to London, and I knew that I would have less time to game. Mm. So when I finally realized this, I started to slowly pack up, I started to like wrap up the Ask blogs, like putting my characters somewhere where I could just leave them on a cliffhanger or a happily ever after sort of style. Yeah. Um, and with my normal games, because I was doing a lot of roleplay then,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I was on a lot of roleplay servers, um, and a lot of different roleplay games where you play the role of a character. It's a bit mm. like acting. Okay. Um, so I would start to wrap those characters up and just sort them out
1: amazing
0: and then once I moved to London in 2012 no 2014 2014 is just when it just died and I stopped playing then and I think the only thing I've played since then has been last year's Halloween Google Doodle (laughs) go on google and it's got a special picture yeah sometimes it's got a little game and the halloween one was a little game
1: oh how funny And that's it so total change really from going from being really it it being a three day four day a week pastime to just no no room but what i love them what from what you share is there's an element of the practicality of actually not having time to do it because you've got something better to do in your life. And, you know, I think I noticed in my son that he stopped playing when he started learning to drive because he had something that he he wanted to do more. Yes. And then it seems that the addiction side of it goes away. It's like the hook is... Um, because you don't go on it as much. It's not quite as hooking.
0: Yeah. I feel part of it has to do with the word connection in that when you've got nothing that holds you as steady or solid, hmm. and, this, and this could be an activity like a drive, a job, or even a person, if you hmm. don't have Anything in your life to connect to. Video gaming is so easy to provide a substitute, I would say. It's not the real thing, but it's a substitute.
1: Yeah.
0: So I found uh, substitute friends. Yeah. I found a lot of online friends that I substituted for real-life friends. Yeah. Um, And... We can believe that these online friends are actually real, true, and honest friends. But the moment you come away from the game, it's like you've never existed to each other. Wow. So that's not, I would class that as not a true friendship, because a a friend, in my understanding of a friendship, is someone that is there for you no matter what. Mm Mm-hmm you there for them no matter what but as soon as you stop playing the game
1: they move on
0: yeah
1: yeah that's such a good point because that's something that everyone says is very social um yeah. but i did notice with a couple of people that i've i've known and worked with they the moment they stopped playing Even though they saw the people, they actually had less in real life as well. They had less to talk about, so they actually moved out of both the online friendship group and the in-life, in-personal, in-school friendship group, which was fascinating.
0: Yeah, it does. There's this perception that it's social, but it actually is very isolating. Mm. And it's it's thrown around a lot of like with social media, it's anti-social media it's mm. making us become more anti-social than it is social. Mm. Cause we're not learning interpersonal skills mm. and the online environment is so toxic. The way people speak to each other because they're behind a computer and for now they are allowed to get away with it for now. Yeah. Uh, Abuse is rife. It's absolutely rife.
1: So if we've got parents who are in a situation where they they can't really see the end of this yet, their their son or daughter is just so embedded in it, what what would be the steps that maybe could support them to to um engage with their their teenager or their their child, depending on their age, to engage with them in a way that might give them an alternative.
0: Um, something that came to me this morning before we started was not having an expectation on them, because, like I mentioned, whenever anything hurt in my life, I would take, I would take myself over to gaming, mm. and when we have expectations of people, we have judgments on them, and we can feel when other people are judging us and that hurts and can actually draw us further away from the person judging us and deeper into the gaming if they game that that's what they're doing right now yeah, yeah. they're doing it for a reason they're not doing it because like to spite you to hate you they've got something going on that they don't feel equipped yet to handle or well, they don't have the outlet yet to deal with it hmm and that's okay. I mean, if whoever is listening to this, can you put your hand up and say that you've never had a hurt that you haven't felt you've been able to deal with? So not having judgment or expectations on them changing just like that because you want, you want them to, mm. you'll actually find if you do that approach, they will go further into the gaming. Mm. So taking that approach is a great start, I would say.
1: And you're quite right about the judgment because if we really just sit with that for a moment, um, an adult might be more likely to uh, use alcohol or overwork, maybe in an office, or they might be on social media themselves, or they might go to the gym, or they might um, enjoy arguing with people. There are all sorts of different reasons, aren't they? Smoking.
0: Yeah. I mean, now... The average gamer is actually in their 30s, and the gender divide is pretty much 50-50 now.
1: So, That's so interesting, in their 30s. Yeah, because
0: now, because they're my age, I'm 30, and we grew up with the PlayStation One, um, the Nintendo 64, we grew up gaming. Yes, we had a bit of time outdoors, but nothing like the kids do now, where they've got Xboxes, and Playstations, just all over the place, and VRs coming out, and there's so much more embedded in technology. But as adults now, in our 30s, we grew up with gaming, so it is our drug.
1: Fascinating. It will be interesting to see what happens with this generation then, as they, as they go through. Because I know I went to a, um, a health seminar, and they were talking about using VR for health work and for behaviour change for addictions and things. And I, I thought that that was an interesting choice, taking people into a virtual world when they're actually struggling to be in the real world already. Um,
0: it's no different than other gaming. It's like, okay, no. you can't deal with the real world. Yeah. Rather than giving you the tools to deal with the real world, we're just going to take you out of it. Mm. Like, we're not going to medicate you, but we're, this is better than medicating you.
1: Yeah. So, Yeah just live the life that you think you want to live but actually don't learn how to live the life that you are living. What about uh, parents of young children who are just kind of starting out they know there's something that they need to pay attention to but haven't really thought about it would you put um, timings around how long someone should be online what do you do when you know when they do start throwing their first tantrums do you hold your ground what would you suggest there?
0: So I've I'm started writing a book on the same theme as my YouTube channel and my blog. Mm. And there's a part of it called The Rise of the Eye Parent. Mm. Clever. In the way that, like you were saying earlier, how a device is used as a pacifier these days. Mm. There's. I've got a fear that there is going to be a growing explosion in ill mental health in children comes mm. up if there already isn't it's going to get worse but the fact is now children are now being diagnosed with depression at six so i would say ill mental health is well and truly here yeah and devices are not helping the situation and social media is also exacerbating the situation mm. but at the same time Like I've said before, the parents now are my age. So the way they deal with life is gaming. So in some respects, for some parents, they may say, well, gaming works for me, no harm to the child. So Mm. they do it Mm. and go about it as they were parented. Um, But at the same time, it's... It's showing to be detrimental, and with with my book and my videos and the the website, what I'm trying to get across the fact of actually the reality of gaming is not not all sparkles and light.
1: Essentially, Mm.
0: Mm. it is not the glorified thing that it should. It is currently. And there is a lot more to it that's going on in relationships um, and within ourselves that is actually not so glamorous. If if I was going to have children, and if I ever do have children, they are not getting devices until until they hit double digits. At yeah. least Even yeah. then I'm give them a Nokia N63. Yeah. Old school, you can play Snake, that's it, and text. Yes. Yeah. But the thing is, it's not about, I don't feel it's as simple as device or no device for young children because the par- it's the parent's toolbox that needs to be looked at. Does, does the parent feel equipped and able to master a situation such as their toddler throwing a fit without the use of a device? Does the parent feel capable? is the parent supported to actually deal with the child's behavior and connect to them in a way that does not use a device because it's very simple if you're very run down as a parent you've got no energy and all you want is some peace and quiet you're gonna stick them in front of an ice cream iphone and put on a cartoon yeah because then the child will become a zombie and you get your peace and quiet yeah that's yeah so it's more looking at do the parents feel equipped to parent device free yeah than asking the question how do we parent screen time and how do we manage screen time and all of this
1: yeah you're absolutely right i'm i remember being pregnant with my second and just wishing my first would go to sleep so that i could go to sleep and i remember you know thinking oh if only there was some way of making sure that they just turned into a bit of a zombie for an hour so i could sleep and And what's the difference, you know, spring forward 13 years or or six years and wanting the same kind of, I've just got to do the washing up or I've just got to put this washer on or I just need you to be quiet for a minute because you keep asking me.
0: Same thing. Definitely. And, I mean, if you are using screens, I would definitely put timers and limits Mm. on them for those parents that do feel that they cannot Cope without using a device. Yeah, definitely limit the screen time and also stick to your guns when it comes to using them as a a punishment device. Yes, right word, but like, so the when I was a kid, being grounded was the thing. Now it's you're not getting your screen time, or you're only getting two hours. I mean. Yep. And saying no, no screen time rather than two hours is actually more of a consequence yes. they're still getting that dopamine hit they're still getting that little reward of that stimulation um, so having none at all would be preferable um, and sticking by it and not letting that behaviour escalate, um, escalate to the point where you cave in and go okay you can have it back Because I never learnt anything when I was grounded for a week. And then by Tuesday, dad would say, okay, you can go outside now. What have I learnt? By having my grounding cut short, I've learnt mum and dad are pushovers. Mm -hmm. So if I kick up enough fuss, I get what I want. And that's not life skills that we really want to be teaching children. Because... Then later on as an adult, they just become more manipulative and they get their own way by acting like a complete, yeah. Gaming does take from psychology quite a bit in that it knows how, it knows how to construct itself and develop the game in such a way that it keeps people coming back. Um, it's like perfectly designed to be elite. because it provides you with all of your basic, a substitute for all your basic needs such as friendship connection, a sense of achievement in life because you can be completely immersed in games but still have this belief that you are achieving something if you have in-game achievements Mm. So it's like, okay, I might be completely unemployed and like living on benefits, but I'm a max level paladin who's doing raids.
1: Absolutely. So you're convinced that you're, wow.
0: Yeah, you can believe that life's okay because you've got those little highs in a virtual world. Hmm. Or I've got X many friends on this game. Or I've just ach- I've just built this huge thing in a sandbox game um, that took me forever to do it. Or I just spent a whole year trying to get this one single achievement because now I've got a shiny pink dragon mount to run yeah. around. With. Yeah. Okay, going a bit personal there. but. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I was so happy when I got that pink dragon and it was like wow I've achieved something yes but if you look at beyond my real life outside of the screen just that it was no achievement it did not influence my life or positively benefit my life in any way shape or form spending that much time over two years for the sake of a pink dragon. Wow. I, I, that, is,
1: that is astounding. But, I mean, I'm sure that when you say that, you're going to have some people who go, I know exactly what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. And the games are constantly designed in a way that they will keep giving you teasers or giving you high points to aspire to and saying you're down at the bottom of the mountain but to achieve greatness you've got to get to the top and we i mean we can do this in life like you work starting the like on movies you start in the mailroom of an office and then you get up to ceo yeah the corporate ladder that's Mm -hmm. the word i was looking for Mm. but there's a there's a corporate ladder so to speak in gaming Mm. And gaming, there's all sorts of games for all sorts of distractions and all sorts of substituted needs, such as friendship and connection with someone or creativity or to lose yourself completely. I remember listening to a lot of video game music and you would just lose yourself because at the time I would have said it's so beautiful, but it was so constructed in a way that it just kind of like covered you in a thick blanket where you just ignored the world mm. Best way to put it
1: and you know a lot of people will go what are you talking about but anyone who has a child who they've watched gaming they'll know exactly what you're talking about because it is yes. it is it is soporific it's just kind of it makes you anyone who's not hooked in, we would probably make them go crazy or they'd fall asleep or whatever. But as someone who is, it's, um, it just, uh, it's like being, it's like being hypnotized.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, that's a good point you bring up about this comparison between people who are not into it and people who are into it. Um, And a really simple example I can give is, It was on the PlayStation 2 and it's kind of on the Wii as well. Um, PlayStation 2 had like a camera and you would move your hands around to manipulate things on screen. Now to the player you were focused on washing the windows or like making things happen on the screen. But but for those not on it, you would just see someone flapping about um, and it looks weird when you're doing it. And I feel a lot of the clash that comes between people is when the non-gamer does not want to understand the gamer. Yes. And the gamer is actually hurt by this. And in their hurt, they don't want to understand the non-gamer. They're in their little camps behind their little walls and neither of them are willing to drop their walls and go, look, I just want to understand you. And if it's on your level, that's cool. And also reflecting back on ourselves, because there can be a lot of, I don't do that, because I don't game, I don't do the behaviors you're doing. But when we actually start to be honest that, well, actually, I do have my vices that take me away from life. And when we start to understand those, we understand the other person's vices that take them away from life. So then we're more on common ground. And it's having that common ground that actually brings people out of the gaming.